Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of the Unending Rebuild. Today, we will be having our 2022 regular season award show. We'll be uh, running through some fun awards here as we get into the fantasy playoffs. This is a fun little episode here as we get into the grind and the most important part of our fantasy seasons. We'll be going through some different uh, superlatives that we have for some players throughout the year, both good and bad. So a bit different, but uh, a fun little thing uh, for us to do and for y'all to listen to uh, here today. Uh, with me, as always, we have Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what's up. What's up, guys? Uh, super excited to be here. I mean, it's my favorite part of the fantasy season. It's the playoffs. Playoffs. We're, we're to the playoffs, guys. Uh, we're finally here. We've got some teams. Uh, ready to compete. Um, so this is the most fun part of the year. Um, and I'm super happy that we're doing this episode because it kind of gives us some time to reflect on all the takes that we've had throughout the season, some of our best hits, some of our best misses, or maybe worst misses, um, and uh, just kind of talk about the guys that we've hit and missed on throughout the year. So super excited to do well this. said well said <laughs> let's do it guys uh it's jared i'm excited to be here too uh we we got the awards i mean it, it can't get more exciting than going over all the guys that were the best this year and gonna help us carry us to these championships uh like josh said it's playoffs i gotta give myself a little shout out got in the playoffs in all my leagues except the two dynasties i tanked in got the 101 so completed the perfect regular season let's see how the playoffs go hopefully we get some championships uh you're, and now you're telling us that was crazy i can't believe you made the playoffs in all the leagues you're aiming to i can't believe it either like i mean it was <laughs> it was pretty close there at the end from a couple of them uh but hey i made it and we'll see what happens I, I don't know how the playoffs are gonna go i got some good matchups i played jonah twice in both house in arlington in the first week so uh, that'll be fun and got some other ones like we'll see we'll see all right let's get into it though let's get these awards rolling what's the first let's one let's do it so the categories that we will be having today are the award for quarterback dynasty breakout, non-quarterback dynasty breakout, dynasty disappointment, regular season MVP, our best podcast prediction, so the biggest hit that we made as a pod, alongside the worst miss, the most underappreciated player, each one of our own individual worst beats of the year, and then lastly, the most prestigious, the most frustrating player of the year award. So let's get into it. First, we have our Dynasty Breakout of the Year for quarterbacks. The nominees are Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Hurts. In drumroll, the winner is Jalen Hurts. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the boy. Let's so go, we, Jalen. We picked Jalen Hurts uh, with Fields as the runner-up because we felt that Hurts uh, did the most to really solidify his value. We always knew he was a good fantasy asset, but – me at the as the biggest skeptic of Jalen Hurts, uh, I am now a full believer that he will be the Eagles' quarterback long term, and that his uh, dynasty value has grown to reflect that. So, good job, Jalen Hurts. He's had a great season. Yeah, I think um, Jalen Hurts has really, like I said, solidified himself as a top five dynasty quarterback. Um, and we were discussing this before we decided that Jalen Hurts was going to be our dynasty breakout of the year. Um, that Justin feels that he, he still maybe hasn't solidified himself as one of those top dynasty quarterbacks just yet. 
there's still a little bit of skepticism around his the staying power of his dynasty value um as uh highlighted by kai's in one of our former episodes so um i think the fact that jalen hurts has really just kind of put himself into a tier of his own um alongside josh allen patrick mahomes um i guess even justin lamar. herbert bro lamar um he he they're they're kind of in that that top tier uh, of quarterbacks so yeah, for Jalen Hurts to have like solidified himself as one of those guys, um, I think in the dynasty world, especially two QB, all those guys are you know basically untouchable um, unless you can give up you know, multiple firsts, like three plus and a good player. Maybe you have to give up one of those quarterbacks and more to get another one of the court. Like it's just they're basically untouchable guys, um, and so Hurts's value has ascended to that, and so that's why he wins this award. Um, just you know, a fantastic player all around leading the Eagles to a great season 12 and one right now. Um, so, you know, he's solidified himself as their QB of the future and they have the weapons and the coaching staff and the offense and uh, just the ability to stay there for a few years to come at least. Yeah, Jared, one thing you mentioned on there at the end is the weapons. Uh, and I think all of those weapons have continued to prove themselves this year. I mean, we knew AJ Brown, AJ Brown's great, but even guys like Dallas Goddard or like Miles Sanders have really stepped up to the plate to elevate that offense forward. And also looking forward uh, past this year, they have uh, two first round picks this year where they could easily get Bijan, you know? So if they're able to add Bijan to the mix, like watch out, this offense is going to be insane. And uh, just, uh, I'm just upset that they're in the NFC East. That's the only thing I'll add on to that. And, that I also feel in her shares and dynasty. So that's another disappointment. All right. Well, we can move on to our next award. The next award that we have is the non quarterback dynasty breakout uh, from the year. Five nominees for this category. The first, we have Amon Ross St. Brown, Ramondre Stevenson, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave and Kenneth Walker the third, And the winner for this one is Amon Ross St. Brown. So this one's pretty easy and unanimous. Um, Damn, no drum roll, though. Very sad to see. No drum roll. No <laughs> drum roll. It's easy. Uh, I'll go get some chopsticks I have in the kitchen. So a little <laughs> we thing. need those. We uh, need those. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, Amon Ra was so good. And what was that stat that he's been tackled at the one-yard line like 11 times this year? Like, that's crazy. Even if just half of those got into the end zone, he like just would be transcendent levels of fantasy production. Uh, and Goff has proven to like be better than what people thought this year. And he's feeding Amon Ra the ball. They lose Hawkinson. He gets more targets. He produces even more. He's not phased by any of it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's, Despite being a later round guy, he's really solidified himself as a top wide receiver in the NFL. So good for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I, sorry. Yeah, I just want to talk a little bit, like, because I was a big skeptic of Amon Ra coming into the year. Um, obviously, he produced fantastically at the end of the year last year, um, but you know, I was scared of Jared Goff, um, not you know being the top quarterback, scared of Jameson Williams. Uh, scared of uh, like what they can really do with this Lions offense with the new coaching staff and and Amonra has put all the doubts in my mind to rest. He's been just so good every single time he's on the field, being tackled with the one a million times, but still being a top twelve receiver. Uh, he's just 
absolute stud, uh, a top 12 wide receiver uh, in the league, can run routes, can catch the ball, can do it all, no matter who the quarterback is. And the Lions don't have a defense to go uh, go along with that good offense yet. Uh, so they could continue to have, you know, just the, the perfect script for fantasy breakouts week in and week out. Um, but even if they don't, Amon Ra is still going to get it done because he's just that good. Um, I was definitely skeptical for his rookie breakout, but he's here to stay and one of the top 12 receivers in the league for sure. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Amon Ra. Um, I, too, was a skeptic. I don't have too much Amon Ra in redraft. I luckily have one share of him. Um in Dynasty, uh, which I am holding on to uh, for dear life because I have been getting offers left and right with, like, Alec Pierce, the first and a second. And it's, like, it's a late first. Don't so do like, it. Don't do I, it. I, I, like, Amon Ra has just proven to be one of those elite-level receivers. Um, he just looks the part of an elite receiver. And he, he gets open. He's got insane route running. He's got great hands. Um, and he has insane yak ability, too. Like, he's been taking – handoffs just to the house um like it's like it's nothing um and he's the wide receiver six on the season even after missing a few games um so he's he's just a dog and i'm really excited to see what this lines offense can do um once jameson williams is fully unleashed in this offense um and i'm really curious to see where what direction they go in the off season just because from a dynasty perspective we have to kind of project out what the offense what the team is going to look like a year from now and the Lions are putting together a really impressive end-of-season uh, run. And they are talking about playoff hopes. And it's definitely not completely out of the question if they continue to stack together these wins. Um, so I'm excited. They have the best offensive line. They've got weapons galore. Um, and Jared Goff has been doing a decent job supporting all of them. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this, what this team can do uh, in the playoffs and next year. I've been seeing a lot of uh, Cooper Cup comparisons for Amon Ra and how they are similar players. Uh, and man, he's he's just so good, and he just get like he's just a target machine. And those, are the, especially in PPR, those are the players that are just so incredibly valuable. And like you said about Jamison Williams, like when he returns to full speed, uh, he's just going to open up that underneath even more. And I'm not concerned about his targets going down much. You know that that Lions team can throw the ball efficiently. The, the only concern I really have is if they decide to draft a rookie quarterback and then that rookie's disappointing when they play and it affects his production. Uh, but I think that scenario is moving further and further away, the better and better Goff plays. So, uh, yeah, he's really in an ideal situation. And, I mean, Goff in those dome games is going to be getting them the ball. So uh, we love us some Amon Ra this year. Yeah. I think. Oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Pullman. No, no, you, you got it. I'll go after. Um, so I was going to give a little bit more Amon Ra hype. So uh, this season, Amon Ra has been targeted 109 times. Um, he has 82 receptions out of those 109 targets. That's a 75% uh, catch rate. Mm. Just above him is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown has 65 receptions on 102 targets. That's a 63% uh, catch rate. Just below him is C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb has 74 catches on 117 targets. That's a, also a 63% uh, catch rate. So Amon Ra is doing more with just the same opportunities or even less opportunities than some of these other elite receivers. Um, so it kind of just goes to show how efficient Amon Ra is in while also seeing a very massive volume, which is an extremely impressive statistic and something that tends to hold uh, season to season. 
And Amon Ra definitely seems to be one of those guys. Like he, he can list off every single receiver that was drafted ahead of him because he was taken what, like the fourth round. Um, so he's one of those day three guys comes into the league with a chip on his shoulder, um, just out there to prove it every single day. Um, he's still only 22 years old, and I think he's going to continue this work ethic uh, for the rest of his career. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I agree. Uh, I don't think anything really changes his position uh, as a top 12 receiver uh, for a, a long time. Uh, a rookie quarterback coming in would have to prove they're at least better than Goff, I think. And and at that point, uh, or at least as good as Goff, and at that point, Amonra is still going to be a great receiver. Um, even And if they don't replace him, Goff, you know, he still gets it done. Um, I also wanted to highlight real quick, uh, we did have a runner-up here in Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson was obviously um, taken extremely highly in the draft, and a lot of people thought that you know he would be a great player. But uh, to be able to show out with Zach Wilson week in and week out uh, and then just be even better when Mike White comes in, uh, Garrett Wilson is an amazing receiver and almost won this uh, because he's also a top 12 receiver in the league. His, his ability – uh, to perform on a Jets team that has historically been very bad and had terrible quarterback play this year. Uh, and he was, he was still a great receiver. Uh, go get him in dynasty. If, if the owner uh, doesn't value him like a top 12 receiver, you can pay up because he's a great, great player. Uh, but yeah, Amon Ra's better. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing I want to say about Amon Ra too, is how about those USC wide receivers coming out recently? We have Michael Pittman, then we get Amon Ra, we get Drake London, and now we got Jordan Addison coming out. And I know Addison's the transfer from Pitt, but just having one year in that uh, over there at USC, they've been producing them lately. So uh, we'll see if Addison's able to uh, continue on the, the, the coaching change over there. But, all right, let's move on to our next uh, award. We have the biggest dynasty disappointment of the year. The nominees are Najee Harris, Elijah Moore, Zach Wilson, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson. Uh, and the winner is let the chopsticks out if you can hear them. Hey, <laughs> the winner is Broncos Nation. Let's ride. Let's Russell ride. Wilson. Let's ride. Let's ride. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> This guy is Dude, such a weirdo. <laughs> Dude, did you see That's him? all that has to be said. One of his teammates is like, shut the fuck up. When he, when he, after, oh like, my God. Uh, um, Russ like throws like a pick and like he like goes over to his team and he's like Broncos country let's ride and they're like shut up dude like <laughs> we can't take it anymore please shut up yeah I I just don't know why this guy acts like this um, that's on him but like I, from a football perspective like I never thought this bad of a season was in his range of outcomes because we were close to picking Zach Wilson but like this was this was always possible with Wilson you didn't look that good last year you know like. This would have been completely way more realistic for Wilson of this season, or Zach Wilson have this season, than Russell Wilson to have this season. And man, it is just startling how bad he's been. And it's got to be something to do. He's just got to be so arrogant that he thinks that he can run everything, and he just cannot. I mean, yeah, like Kai said, this was just not something that we saw in Russ's range of outcomes. Um, maybe we should have. He had declined last year, um, and Hackett had never been a head coach. But it's not something that we did, and I, not something that you know. I think a lot of people around the league saw coming. Uh, I think both Josh and I had Russ in <laughs> our top twelve quarterbacks. I don't know, yeah. maybe Kai's did too. But it just oh, it, it hurts uh, to see you know Russ just fall off a cliff. Um, 
I mean, they put a lot of money into him. It's a disappointment for their for their team, their franchise, but uh, definitely a disappointment in the dynasty community. Uh, I know a lot of Russ owners that thought they had you know two or three strong quarterbacks going into these years, and and now you know Russ was a huge disappointment. Nobody wants to take him. He's old. He's not worth you know too much in the trade value anymore. So, uh, yeah, I mean Zach Wilson getting benched. He almost won the award, but uh, yeah, he wasn't that great last year, so he couldn't quite overpower Russ. Yeah, this this Russ season has just been uh, an anomaly, honestly. Because, like, honestly, I'm, I'm looking back at Russ's stats. Uh, so, <laughs> starting in 2012, he was QB 11, QB 8, QB 3, QB 3, QB 9, QB 1, QB 9, QB 3, QB 6. Last season. Suffered that in- injury, had a broken thumb, sat out a few games. He's QB 16. And this season, through 12 games, he is QB 19. That is rough. Um, and he's like a low Especially end. with all the QB injuries this year, too. Yeah, which is just crazy. And, like, he still hasn't passed the uh, that one chart where it's like Russell Wilson has, what, 12 bathrooms in his new home. And he's only thrown eleven passing <laughs> touchdowns in the season. Looks like, looks like he is going to hit it after having a three touchdown performance. Uh, uh, the under on that. But um, he is making he's making it close, a lot closer than yeah. we thought it would have ever been. Um, so it's, it's, it's really startling. Great. Like, was he figured out, or did he just completely lose his mentality, or? I mean, it makes me. I mean, I had some Pete Carroll slander in the off season. I I, I want to write. Write that man a letter of apology. Give him a hug. I, mean, I was I was completely wrong. I mean, the way Gino, he's making truth now, yeah, Gino, yeah. So like, maybe Russ was just never good. Actually, <laughs> I don't know about maybe, that. Maybe Gino should have been our. Uh, I guess we don't have a big surprise. Uh, most improved player. Most improved player goes to Gino Smith. <laughs> yeah, we'll put that in right now. Most improved player. I mean, imagine a guy not being a starter for seven years, seven years as a backup. And he comes out and he was like, the last I checked, I think it was last week. He was QB seven. Like he has just been absolutely amazing this year Been throwing darts around the field has two great receivers in Lockett and DK. So uh, is able to get it to them whenever he wants. Uh, and then Kenneth Walker and, and then early in the year, Rashad Penny was also good. So, uh they've just been operating a great offense there unfortunately the defense can't stop the run right now but like he he is doing all he can he's putting up a great season in seattle when a lot of people thought they might be in contention for the number one overall pick so definitely shout out gino uh you know had to waste his career for the jets for quite a few years but got himself out of there uh and now you know looks like a legit starting legit very good starting quarterback and he's at least held on to that job for another year and we'll see how long into the future so i'm I'm looking at geno smith stats like geno smith is literally like russell wilson from the the upside down or something um because geno smith okay so he started in 2013 and his his qb finishes over the years qb 20 qb 26 qb 51 qb 55 qb 55 QB 239, QB 220, QB 77, QB 40. And then this season, right now, he's QB 6. So he's like solid mid-range QB 1. Like been very startable throughout the entire season. If you had him on your dynasty roster, he has been startable almost every single week this year. And he's been performing as a QB 1 all season. Crazy. 
would have never thought that this storyline would have ever come out of this season. Yeah, another big miss. It makes definitely. me smile, though. Makes me it smile. does. It does. Yeah, it warms the heart. <laughs> Go, Gino. <laughs> All Have right, you seen that uh, the, the video of yeah. him, uh, like uh, when he was first being drafted, and um, he was supposed to be like the first quarterback taken off the board? Photo like the second round, the Jets ended up taking him in the second round, and he ended up becoming the starter for them. And then he just kind of like fought through his entire career, like as a backup. And he was like, "I'll always get my chance. Like, just keep on grinding, keep on grinding." He grinded like Promo said for seven years as a backup, um, and now he's finally getting a shot. And uh, they someone interviewed him and he said um his hardships that he's had to go through in his life are is someone else's dream because he's in the nfl he's now performing at a super high level so um he definitely never took anything for granted i think that's the kind of mindset Take that he's brought good perspective yeah, yeah yeah it's a great perspective i'll, to, I'll keep that um, in mind when i get blown out in the playoffs this week <laughs> um, there's six guys that could have made the playoffs would have loved to be in that position guys. <laughs> exactly exactly i'm living there you, you gotta have exactly. <laughs> exactly. that's the fantasy that's the winning fantasy mindset exactly i'm better than half the league all right let's get into our next award we have uh, the regular season MVP, uh, pretty straightforward here. Just who was the best in the regular season? Uh, if that spoils it, sorry. But we have uh, some rookie wide receivers. We got Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson. We have Josh Jacobs, David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Jalen Waddle slash Tyree Kelly. Group them together. They're probably friends. A.J. Brown, Tony Pollard, a lot of nominees here. <laughs> Jamal Williams and Miles Sanders. And the winner is the regular season MVP. Oh, shit. I love, I love the drum roll. <laughs> we have Josh Jacobs. So we were, looking, we were talking about this question, and we are like, wait, he was the best player this year, so like, should we just pick him? Um, and, yeah, I mean, we weren't quite on that. We didn't think this was going to happen. I don't know if many people did. Um it's incredibly rare for running backs to get like 30 carries a game in today's NFL. But um, Josh Jacobs is putting up those numbers. He's been pretty healthy. He's getting the receiving game. Uh, yeah. He's been, he's been amazing. If you have him on your team, you're ecstatic, especially in redraft. Cause you probably drafted him like the fifth, sixth round, something like that. So good for you and welcome to the playoffs. Good job, Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Kind of, uh, going off that, um, in best ball mania, you could have gotten Josh Jacobs in like the eighth, ninth round. And for that reason, Josh Jacobs was basically the MVP in best ball this year. He's on 30% of first place teams in best ball mania on underdog, which is absolutely insane. Um, but honestly, like we should have, we should have honestly seen this coming because like they didn't pick up Josh Jacobs 50 year option. And Josh McDaniels learned from the best that your running back, you just run him into the ground and then get rid of him. That's the Bill Belichick model. Um, and he's going to do that with Ramondre. He's done that with all the running backs he's had in the past. Um, so uh, Josh Jacobs probably gone next year. But um, yeah, Josh McDaniels just ran him into the ground this year. And he's probably going to continue to do so through the playoffs. Yeah, they they might franchise tag and get one more year to run him into the ground, but you're probably right. Uh, you know, we should have seen it coming. Just you know, run him into the ground, and get rid of him, and so he's getting a ton of. Uh, you know, I think maybe the biggest workload in the league. He definitely yep. has a massive snap share. Um, 
he's always on the field passing downs, um, even though Amir Abdullah takes it occasionally. But Josh Jacobs uh, sees the field constantly and gets all the work at run, the running back position for the most part uh, and does a great job with it. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns. Um, Devonte is is doing his thing on the outside and you know, there's not much help outside of that. So the rest of it just goes to Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's been fantastic this year. It's the easy choice. Uh, but when a guy, you know, is picked outside the top four rounds and is the number two overall RB, he's the league winner. He's been the fantasy MVP. He's just been that good. Um, I, I wanted to highlight Jamal Williams in the double digit rounds, uh, being the touchdown leader in the NFL right now, scoring more touchdowns this year than he has in his entire career. Uh, helped me get to the playoffs in one league, thought I wasn't going to have an RB2. You end up with Jamal Williams in like the 11th, 12th round, and all of a sudden you got an RB1. So uh, Jamal Williams definitely came close to earning this spot, but when you have a guy like Josh Jacobs, uh, you can't can't overcome just a, the monster season that he's had. Just absolutely fantastic and good for him. Yeah, the guy I wanted to highlight was Tony Pollard. Um I think going into the year, people thought that he would be Zeke's handcuff with some limited flex value. But, I mean, this was the year that his talent finally just came through and that no matter the circumstance he was put in, uh, he's been in a place to succeed, and Zeke too. So, you know, I mean, it's a testament to the Cowboys' offense, but also you got to just love Tony Pollard's talent. I mean, if he gets to be on a team next year when he's after being a free agent where he can be the – not even the lead guy, just anything more than like the rough 50-50 he's getting now, watch out. Uh, that's going to be a great player for next year. So, uh, And this year, too, you're really happy with the production you're getting out of a guy you thought would just primarily be a handcuff. Okay, let's move on to our next award. This award's a little different. We won't have like one particular winner. We'll just have a number of selections uh, that we picked. Uh, patting ourselves on the back a little bit. Uh, so we'll probably spend a bit more time on this category than the next one. So we have our best podcast uh, hit. So what were we right on? What uh, what circumstance did we see coming and get correct? Uh, we have three winners, if you will, of this category. The first, let's put drum roll, you know, we had the rise of Tua Tagoviola. I mean, if we want to talk about it, let me get into it. I'm ready for it. You know, I'm always Go ready for to talk it. me some Tua. I know. Uh, I, I mean, believer right here. I, I couldn't stop saying how much I love Tua in the offseason, and I put all my chips in that basket. I drafted him all over the place in the best ball. I traded for him in a dynasty. Uh, I drafted him in some redrafts, and, you know, it paid off. He's had a couple bad games here recently, but – uh, has just been like fantastic. Made him played himself into a top twelve dynasty quarterback. Um, he has the high, highest average depth of target in the league, and he still has the highest completion percentage. He's playing fantastically. Uh, of course, he played two strong defenses the last two weeks, and he has struggled a bit. Uh, but I think we'll see him bounce back. Uh, he has fantastic receivers on the outside and a great head coach that knows how to get them open. Uh, there were a couple of drops and a couple of bad throws this past week, but Tua has played himself into just be showing that he's a real fantasy quarterback, a real good fantasy court or NFL quarterback. Um, and he can get the job done for that Dolphins offense. And he's going to be there for the next 10 or so years. Uh, having Tyreek and Waddle there, the connection he has with Waddle is amazing. Waddle is a great receiver and Tyreek is one of the best in the league. So to have those guys there, uh, it's just 
so exciting uh, to have Tua pay it off. I know we all like Tua a bit, um, but I just couldn't stop talking about it. And I'm so happy to see that he's he's just been great. Uh, I got nothing bad to say about Tua. I know some people still want to compare him to Herbert. The arm strength, maybe it's not there, but his processing ability, his decision-making is just incredible. He's very accurate. His timing is amazing. Uh, and I love to see that in, a, in an NFL quarterback. Uh, it just it helps everyone around them. And, you know, he can just keep getting better from here. All right. So we'll get into our second winner of best podcast hit. I'll let Josh take this one. That is drumroll. Justin Jefferson. So uh, everyone knows he's good. <laughs> Josh is being really <laughs> bold here. Uh, but Josh, can you some of the specifics of uh, this one? Yeah, um, I asked for you to go next, but that's okay. Uh, I can take this one just because I was doing some quick math because I wanted to see how Justin Jefferson was tracking for my bold prediction. My number one bold prediction for this offseason was that Jeff- Justin Jefferson will outscore Cooper Cup's 2021 season. Um, in that season, Cooper's Cup scored uh, 439 PPR fantasy points, which is just absolutely insane. I don't think Justin Jefferson will make it quite that far, but Justin Jefferson is far and away the wide receiver one in fantasy football. This past Sunday, he had 33 points and didn't even score a touchdown, um, which is honestly just absurd. He actually scored the exact same amount of points as Jerry Judy, and Jerry Judy scored three touchdowns, um, which is just insane. Like, how how is that even possible? Justin, That's crazy, bro. Get him in the end zone. Get him in the end zone. (laughs) Get him in the end zone. That's what I'm saying. Um, hopefully I have Justin Jefferson on one of my, uh, on my, my home league playoff squad. I'm hoping he can come through and just, uh, reach his, uh, touchdown total from last season. Cause that would be huge. He had 10 touchdowns last year. He only has six this year. Um, it would be amazing if he could double that before the end of the season. But right now through the year, Justin Jefferson is 296, 297. If we round up fantasy points, he has 142 targets, 99 receptions, 1500 yards and six touchdowns. Um, doing some quick math, uh, we're going to see his per game averages. Just drag this across. Second, bear with me, really quick. Actually, so Josh's message. I just wanted to do some math live on air. <laughs> we love it. We love Under it, guys. Pressure. Um, Under pressure. Justin Jefferson is averaging ten point one targets, seven receptions, one hundred and seven yards, half a touchdown, and twenty one point two fantasy points per That's game insane which is absolutely <laughs> he only has he only has six touchdowns on the year and he's averaging 21.2 points per game the thing is too uh, is he should probably be getting more targets because there have been some games where it's been low yeah yeah uh i mean there were a few games where like the vikings were just completely like against the cowboys he didn't really have a shot to really get any points or targets yes sir or the Cowboys just strapped up everywhere, and yeah, I need, I need right. the Justin forty to Je- nothing. Or, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I need the yeah. Justin Jefferson yeah, numbers outside of Cowboys. Kirk and primetime. Kirk and primetime <laughs> removed. <laughs> <laughs> but Just Jefferson right now is on pace for three hundred sixty PPR fantasy points. Uh, that falls actually quite a big deal short from Cooper Cup's twenty twenty one season, which kind of goes to show how incredible Cooper Cup's twenty twenty one season was. Um, I think the biggest differentiating factor here is Justin Jefferson right now only has six touchdowns. In 2021, Cooper Cup had 16. So if somehow Justin Jefferson were to score 
10 touchdowns through the last four weeks, um, I would win my fantasy championships, which would be incredible. Um, but Just Jefferson would also probably get very close to Cooper Cup's season last year. Um, but I, I'm, I'm just so happy that Justin Jefferson, we've always known he's a dog and he's doing this at the age of like 23, 24. Um, that Bills game, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That was, he that just was, took that game over. That, that was probably the best like situational catch like I've ever seen in my life. Like, so yeah, that, I mean, I was like, he should win the MVP. Like, that was my immediate reaction watching that. And I, I think he still should, but go ahead. Yeah, like, when Cousins threw that ball, I was like, what is he doing? And yeah. throwing it into triple Insane. coverage and Gus Jefferson just one-handed just snags that. Insane. Yeah. Ridiculous. All right, well, let's get into our third winner. Drum roll. And that is my prediction, and that is Damian Pierce. Um, I was high on him early on. Uh, I remember I got him at 203. I actually traded back from 201 to 203 to get him. Uh, and I just love the profile, uh, the combination of size, uh, aggressive running style, some ability to catch, good blocker, and the also just an empty depth chart. And the main concern that everyone was saying on him was that he didn't play a lot in college. You still see it sometimes. And I was like, okay, so he's fresh. You'll learn how to take carry the load so he's fresh cool and also it was just because the florida coach dan mullen was an idiot and that whenever he played he was far away the best back and gave playing time to higher profile recruits so that immediately washed away that like that concern and the texans have been dog shit this year they're not a good football team the offensive line's terrible but you can tell that damian pierce is just different he's i think he's like rb18 on the year uh and which was way higher than expected for um, uh, amongst uh, against consensus. And he also just looks so good. Like he's such an angry runner. Really loved his work. It's cooled off here a bit in the past few weeks, but that's also just because the Texans are the Texans uh, and they are in full tank for Bryce Young. Uh, but yeah, Damian Pierce was uh, my guy for the year and very happy to see him doing so well. Yeah. Damian's been amazing this year. Like uh, for such a bad offense and team in general like to to be the one really one bright spot they've had uh all year um <laughs> i can't think of anything else they've been doing this year uh they almost beat the cowboys had some good defensive plays uh, some corners and made some plays but um yeah i mean damian's just been fantastic running the ball for them uh had 139 yard performance one week uh, a bad offensive line a bad quarterback bad receivers and he can still get it done if the team can get better, he can be a much better player. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just – he looks very good, and, and he is good. So, uh, hopefully he can keep getting better as the team improves. <laughs> the team just has to improve, and that's not something that happens very often down there in Houston, does it? Uh, but hopefully Bryce Young is good or whoever they decide to draft at 101. Yeah, I think the stock could be raised for all the Texans players moving forward. I mean, the offense can't get worse, can it really? I mean, they got those two first-round picks. If they definitely should bring in Bryce Young, I mean, I think that's almost guaranteed they'll get the one-on-one at this rate. And if they can get a top receiver as well to get in there with, I'm guessing Cooks will be gone, but with Nico Collins and Mechie returning, Damian Pierce still in the backfield, could be a solid team next year, or at least uh, improved. I mean, goodness. Yeah, honestly, from this take, guys, um, I, I, I'm most impressed just by how early on you uh, you hit this take. 
Um, just because like very early in the off season, you you were you were big on the Damian Pierce train. Um, and like I like Damian Pierce a lot just from watching him run without his helmet on in a college football game. Um, I, I really liked him ever since then, but uh, you, you took a pretty hard stance on him. Um, not quite as high as Calvin's stance, uh, taking a 107 rookie draft pick on him. But um, <laughs> hey, Calvin ended up being right too. So um, actually, maybe there were players. Ah, I guess I think, no. Did he pass on Olave or no? Did no, Olave no. Go sixth? Um, Olave, went, Olave went. He passed on Jameson for for Damian. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jam- yeah. Jameson was the one player yeah. that he could have had instead of yeah. Damian or maybe Pickett. But um, yeah, Damian was a solid snag there. I don't know if he's worth the first after this season. So I'm curious to see how his dynasty value holds throughout the off season. But if the Texans don't add anyone, this offense should be much improved next year. Um, so Damian should be uh, in the RB one conversation next year too. Also Brandon cooks is under contract for like three more years. So I just think that he's, I think he's checked out. I, I, I think he's going to be traded. Uh, he seems know. to hate the Texans. They didn't want to trade him this year. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. like, like maybe like if Bryce Young does come in, like that would yeah. excite Cooks, and maybe it's just like since this is such a wash year, he's just like perhaps. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> They're tanked anyway. All right, let's get into our next category, which is the inverse of this. We have the worst podcast misses. We have one for each of us. A um, little bit of an embarrassing category. And uh, I also just got a little splinter from the chopsticks, but I'll be persevering. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I was like, what is that in my finger? <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So for the worst podcast misses, I'll go ahead and do mine first. Drum roll. And for myself, I picked Chase Edmonds. Uh, I think I dedicated like half an episode to uh, being <laughs> like, Chase Edmonds. They signed him for this week. It is so good in the zone run scheme. Uh, and um, yeah, you had all me, these I stats. I mean, you, you came. You yeah, came I, I, it was the most prepared for any segment I think I've ever did. <laughs> like I was pulling, like I was pulling, like Josh level, like analytics numbers. Like basically took like an intro to, to, to statistics course just to get through this uh, this analysis, and it was all completely wrong. He was traded like at the deadline, and, and then subsequently put on the IR. And the guy who I was like, no, don't worry about Raheem Mostert, took over. And then they brought in the actual zone-running god, Jeff Wilson. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's not really much more to say on that. I thought Chase Edmonds had a chance to be like a like a, a stud running back one in the scenario, in the likely scenario that Mostert got hurt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't I think, think – I think, in this take, no, like, no, that was very popular. It was very it was popular. very popular take this off. Uh, there are a lot of hype trains around Chase Edmonds. Um, yeah, man, and I, he, his I, ADP just kept going up and up and up. It like ended up in what, like the seventh, eighth round. Like, shit was crazy. Yeah, I had him everywhere in redraft. You know, I uh, at least I put my <laughs> money where my mouth is. So, but there's not much more to add on that, uh, except uh, of course, this is the year Raheem Mostert decides to be perfectly healthy. Uh, <laughs> But I, I do think the broader lesson to be learned is that when a running back isn't a like getting like the vast majority of touches on the team, isn't the RB one, there's likely a reason for that. Sometimes their body can't quite handle it. And in addition, they look so good because they're so fresh. So lessons learned. I should have listened because I know you guys are more, way more critical of uh 
of him than myself. I think the okay. main lesson learned from from this is when there's two elite wide receiver ones, the ball is going to go to the wide receivers. <laughs> I like that too. Uh, so that's like I, in the last category for a miss, or actually, I guess in this category for a miss, uh, Miles Sanders. Like we we kind of never just mentioned Miles Sanders. There are two elite receivers in the Eagles' offense, and Miles Sanders was just kind of never forgot, never talked about it on the podcast. Miles Sanders gets to the rock a lot. If it's an elite offense and they want to use the running back, they can. Mostert's had good games. Jeff Wilson had good games. Chase Edmonds just fucking sucks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like Miles Sanders is good running back, and now you know he's scoring touchdowns again. So he's putting up great fan- fantasy season. Um, Chase Edmonds is just not a good running back. There were signs that pointed at it. And, uh, you know, there are different things. But also what Kai said kind of applies to the first one applies to Tony Pollard. Um, like where if the guy's not getting the touches, there might be a reason. But Tony Pollard's I'll also a monster. Um, yeah, so, he's way better you know, football player. Yeah. 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 Tony, Tony Pollard's just a good football player. Chase Edmonds isn't. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into our next pod miss. Uh, the next victim is going to be Josh. And uh, here is Josh's. And we have Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, that's, that's a tough pill to Ooh. swallow. I, I mean, so I don't know if it's a talent thing, but like, man. Kyle Pitts this offseason. I don't think it's a talent thing just because I still think Kyle Pitts is an extremely, extremely talented tight end but he was my number one tight end by this offseason even though he was valued as the tight end one he's probably um, the number one tight end by this offseason too <laughs> probably yeah, but actually now you is way different yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're worth it this time but um yeah like from an analytics perspective maybe analytics isn't the right way to look at this problem but um Kyle Pitts has an insane, like, uh, what is it? Yards per route run, targeted yards per route run, not even caught yards per route run, because there were some games where Kyle Pitts would have 200 air yards and have 20 receiving yards just because Marcus Mariota cannot get him the ball down the field. So Marcus Mariota clearly is not the answer for him. And also, Arthur Smith, this guy clearly just like wants to run the ball. So Kyle Pitts is in line and blocking some plays. He's used as a decoy. Just doesn't get the ball. Um, so he's been an extremely, extremely fan- uh, frustrating fantasy piece to have this offseason. Now he's hit IR. Um, and hopefully next season, I don't really know what's in store for the Falcons offense. The Falcons were surprisingly a lot better than anybody probably expected them to be this season. Arthur Smith probably stays because he's made the most out of a pretty mediocre cast. Um, so I don't, I can't see management replacing him this offseason. So in the in Kyle Pitt's current situation, I am not looking to buy. Um, I know Perlman bought him in a league, but tight end takes a long time to develop. And at some point in Kyle Pitt's career, he's going to eventually become that like top fantasy guy. We're just going to have to wait a little bit longer than we hoped. Yeah, I bought him at the end of this year, sold Kyler Murray in a trade you guys might be interested in, listeners. Kyler Murray for Kyle Pitts and three future firsts. Uh, one Crazy. player's 2023, 20, 20, uh, 23, or four and five. So, uh, And I also gave away um, James Conner. That's probably the only other one to note. Uh, but Kyler Murray, unfortunately, went down right after that, so I do feel bad for that guy. 
Um, but anyways, back to Kyle Pitts. Uh, I bought him th- this like now because his price has gone down a whole bunch. I was looking to sell Kyler and get a whole bunch of picks. I thought it would be interesting. And Kyle Pitts is a great, uh, a great player who's now devalued. Um, I think Arthur Smith realized that the best way to win games was to run the ball. Mariota could not hit Kyle Pitts to save his life. So what was the point of continuing to try to throw the ball when he doesn't have a quarterback that can? Uh, hopefully that changes in the future. It took quite a long time for uh, Desmond Ritter to now become the starter. We'll see him for the first week, uh, for the first time this week. Um, so that doesn't make me too confident in his ability, considering how bad Mariota was. Um, but maybe if they had their buy sooner, this would have happened sooner. I don't know. Uh, hopefully he can show that he's good. Uh, if not, I'll continue to hold on to Kyle Pitts and hope they can replace uh, the quarterback in the future. Because Kyle Pitts is a fantastic talent. We haven't seen a rookie tight end break a thousand yards in a long time. Uh, if he would have had more touchdowns just as a rookie uh, and still done this horribly in his second year, I think his dynasty value would still be insanely high. Uh, but since he only had one touchdown that rookie year, and now this happened, he, it has you know, somewhat tanked, um, but he's still a top three or four dynasty tight end in everyone's mind. And he should probably still be a top two dynasty tight end, uh, considering the sort of miss of managers this year as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pitts is a great talent. They just couldn't get him the ball. Mariota, uh, Kyle Pitts is running downfield routes. Mariota can't throw the ball downfield, uh, unless it's to Kadero Hodge or Alameda Zacchaeus. If the guy is like under 5'10, Mariota loves the deep ball. If he's like 6'5 plus, no chance. No chance he can get it to him. I don't know what that was all about, but uh Kyle Pitts will be good in the future. But yeah, that was that was a tough, tough position from Josh. I know I had him as my cell because his just value was so high and Mariota sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Kind of even building on to uh, um, Kyle Pitts is like dynasty value holding for a very long time. Kyle Pitts is actually younger than both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who just came into the league this year. And um, Kyle Pitts were was a higher touted prospect than both of those dudes. Um, was drafted higher than both of them in the actual NFL draft too. Um, so I, I think. I will continue to stand by the take. Correct process, bad outcome for this year. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm still a big fan of Kyle Pitts uh, for the future, and I, I hope he's, he succeeds one day. Always got to stick with the process. Got to trust it. All right, next trust one. The process. Next one, Jared's with a little asterisk next to me. It's also kind of mine, too. Uh, so I won't Jared walk in alone on this one. <laughs> uh, we'll hold hands together. But <laughs> – Officially under Jared is his miss. And oh no, where are the drops at? Oh, okay, they're right here. All right. <laughs> and the win <laughs> and the winner and the winner for Jared's worst podcast miss is just generally the Raiders running back situation between Josh Jacobs and him being replaced. So Jared, I'll I'll let you get into that one a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we had a segment where we all kind of went through a, uh, a backfield in the NFL, uh, and I'm not sure we we all got it right, but uh, I definitely didn't. Uh, Josh Jacob, I went through the Raiders' backfield um, and was sort of confused after the Hall of Fame game. They didn't they played him for some reason. Uh, they brought in Brandon Bolden, who was a great pass catching back, and they also had Amir Abdullah, and then they also drafted Samira White late. So it felt like 
the Raiders had quite a few running backs that might see the field uh, and take away playing time from Josh Jacobs. And that has not been the case. Uh, they all barely see the field. They all see it, but maybe a player or two each game. Uh, and then Josh Jacobs says, okay, give me the rest of the touches. Give me the rest of the playing time. It's all mine. I'm going to score all the touchdowns and the points and catch all the passes and do everything for the Raiders. So, uh, yeah, it's just I, I think I had Josh Jacobs on, like, two best ball teams. It was tough. Uh, I, I would have loved some more shares of Josh Jacobs. Uh, like you said already, he was a fantasy MVP, uh, RB2 as, like, an eighth-round draft pick. Uh, just a fantastic player. Um that I didn't draft very much of, unfortunately. Yeah, I remember thinking that Zamir White was going to maybe even be taking over that backfield, and like, or I feel gross, like even thinking that before. I think I think like a big lesson here that's learned is draft capital means a lot, even when players are a couple of years into their career, and in an ambiguous situation. Because I think that was the ambiguous running back situation episode. That's where I talk about Edmonds, too. I, I think what's really important to be considered is draft capital, too. Um, and in the Dolphins situation, I mean, I know most are undrafted. I think Edmonds was, too, or maybe like seventh round out of Fordham. But uh, so that, that didn't apply as much there. But, but with this situation, Josh Jacobs was never bad. You know, he was never like, – we were just going off of the fifth-year option concept. And perhaps – that just means that they're just going to run him into the ground for that year. And yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'm on board with you on this one. I think it definitely is a little, it could be a little bit of a tweak in the way that it, these ambiguous situations should be viewed and hope they were able to carry that lesson forward into next year. Um, and then I just wanted to also bring up uh, a guy who was playing great to start the year. Uh, and then Josh brought up, you know, maybe we think this guy has been playing hurt. Something has sort of been up recently. Uh, don't really know why this guy is underperforming, but, you know, it's happened and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, but Mark Andrews was a guy I was targeting all throughout the second round, anywhere I could get him, um, in the, especially in the middle of the end. Maybe I was taking Saquon over him, but I really was – I loved I loved me some Mark Andrews. Uh, and he has not been the Mark Andrews of last year, this year. Uh, he started out hot uh, and has really taken a nosedive. Um, even with Tyler Huntley last year, he was amazing. He put up a game with like 10 targets, 10 catches, two touchdowns, and like 100 yards last year. This year, he's done nothing like that. Um, has disappointed with both Lamar and Huntley. Uh, he's just not getting as open as he was last year. He's not making the tough catches. Um, maybe maybe there's a injury there that he's been playing with something that's keeping him holding him back uh because we know what mark andrews can do we saw it last year and he was just he was fantastic he finally beat travis kelsey as the number one tight end something that hadn't been done in like five years um and this year travis kelsey then now goes back to asserting his dominance over all the other tight ends and mark andrews can't quite keep up uh so that was definitely a miss for me uh still a great tight end but someone i would have loved to continue to have his continued success from last season into this year that just, you know, fell off about halfway through the season. Yeah. I think it's tough to say just cause like, I mean, there's like this hunch that we have that Mark Andrews might be playing hurt, um, but he's still an elite talent. So I, 
I wouldn't fault the process. I think it's uh, a little bit similar to the Pitts situation. I guess Mandrews has had good games, whereas Pitts really never had a single good game this whole season. Um, but Mandrews is – if he was injured, he's probably a little bit healthier now. And if Lamar comes back healthy, Mandrews could start putting up some big games um, in the fantasy playoffs and start uh, – because he, he, he's still an elite asset. He's still an elite – piece of that Ravens offense and we're coming down the home stretch. Uh, if Lamar comes back, I can see him kind of relying back on his safety valve and Mark Andrews again. So um, we'll see if that, that miss of a take uh, continues through the fantasy season because there, there's still three weeks left in the fantasy season. So we'll, we'll and these are the most important weeks. So we'll, we'll see how it goes down. Hey, I'd love to be for him to be a fantasy playoff league winner. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it's definitely an injury-related thing. I got all faith in the world in this talent. And the Ravens have just – I mean, teams have been able to narrow in on too because they don't have any relevant receivers. I mean, like Demarcus Robinson's their most targeted receiver right now. And just – I'd be pissed again if I were Lamar. Like, it just, like, how does he keep getting put in situations? Um, but, okay, let's get into our next award here. We have the most underappreciated award of the – most underappreciated player of the year award. Uh, got that one out finally. Uh, but this award goes to someone who uh, is just kind of underrated, generally speaking, in the fantasy football world. Um, we have four nominees. We have Jacoby Myers, Tyler Lockett, David Njoku, and uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And the winner is... Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think this one's pretty easy. Um, Tyler Lockett's a stud. Every single year gets underappreciated. I think by all of us included. Um, just because he doesn't really profile as like an elite option. Uh, like with his size and how he doesn't really get a lot of yak and can be perceived as boom bust, which has been fair criticism in the past. But like he just produces year in, year out. I'm looking at some of his finishes here. And uh, let's see. All right, this year he's wide receiver 8. Last year 15. Before that 8. Before that 13. Before that 17. I mean. He's just a dog. Yeah, I mean, there's not yeah. really much more to say than yeah, that. And this absolutely. year the consistency has been a lot more there. So I think it's been yeah. a bit. It's been his his effectiveness has been received better by the fantasy community because it's always frustrating. He goes for 35 and he goes for three and he goes for 40. You know, it's like, it's annoying, but I mean, the guy's a stud, you know, I mean, there's not really much to add to it other than that. And, you know, oftentimes people see like a 30 year old receiver in in Tyler Lockett and treat him like he's like Sammy Watkins or something like that. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, he, he just, been great and this year before everyone's like oh well he doesn't have Russ anymore you know he's just proc of Russ and they does the same thing with Gino uh <laughs> and everyone's like oh well they got like DK Metcalf on the team you know like he's the alpha and he produces at a same or higher level than DK so it's just you know I mean all the credit to him is beating the odds every year it's definitely underappreciated yeah um I mean I definitely underappreciated in this offseason um it wasn't on Lockett's talent. It was more so on the fact that I didn't believe in Gino, and I thought this offense was going to take a significant step back because of Gino. 
and a significant step back for a player like Tyler Lockett who stretches the field and runs downfield. I didn't think that Gino was capable of making those throws. Gino has proved me wrong drastically, and that has led to both DK and Tyler Lockett being wide receiver ones, which is absolutely incredible. Um, but Tyler Lockett was a guy I was actually targeting a lot in Best Ball Mania, so I have a bunch of uh, Tyler Lockett there. Um, so I was happy that I was able to get him, but that's because he was being drafted this offseason at wide receiver 47, which is just insane. What better value can you get out of a wide receiver 47 other than him finishing as wide receiver eight um, with more games to come? Um, so I'm I, I'm super happy that Tyler Lock has been able to see the same success. And I know he's super happy to have a quarterback that's not Russell Wilson because um, in some interviews he kind of says that Russell Wilson kind of created an environment where uh, everyone's being judged for any, everything. And uh, with Geno Smith, the quarterback, everyone's just out there having fun. Um, and so it, that kind of goes to show because out there, it looks like all the Seahawks players are just having fun. Uh, Kenneth Walker seemed to have some issue this past weekend, but I don't know what that was. Um, or I guess that was two weekends ago. But uh, yeah, super happy for Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I mean, not much more to add. Lockett's amazing. It uh, just shows how good he is. His body control is amazing on those over-the-shoulder catches. Just, It's so much fun to watch him score touchdowns, and he can get it done all over the field, and he always gets his feet down no matter what. Um, and then I just want to say one guy we should have put on that honorable mentions list is Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is 28. He's two years younger than Tyler Lockett. Amari Cooper is wide receiver 12, tied to a good quarterback, we think uh, hasn't really shown it the last couple of weeks, uh, but Amari Cooper very much underappreciated get, could get him in the sixth or seventh round and redraft a uh, 28 year old dynasty wide receiver. You know, a lot of people kind of pawned off uh, the Browns offense. It wasn't going to have Deshaun for a long time. And Amari Cooper just did nothing, but got it done uh, wide receiver 12 on the year. Definitely should have been a nominee. Very good. All right. Now we're moving into our next category. I don't know if it's really an award more of just like, a time to complain, which is something that I love to do, as you all know. Um, but I think a little section here, and it's our worst beat of the year. Uh, just like, how, how were you done dirty and just terrible fantasy luck throughout the year? Uh, I'll go ahead first here with uh, my story. My story really revolves around uh, yesterday in two particular leagues. I already had uh, playoff spots confirmed, but I was going for the buy in both of them. And I was 10-3 in both, and I happened to be going against the 10-3. Uh, uh, I happened to be going against the 10-3 opponent in my league, who was also going for the buy, so winner got the buy. And last night in one league, uh, in one was this was a dynasty league, I uh, was effectively tied. It was like a point, like two difference. And I had Greg Dortch. I know, I know. I had plenty of so many injuries, uh, but I had to start Mr. Greg over there. And I was going against Ramondre Stevenson. And I was like, you know, I'm wholly expecting a loss. Like, you know, it's whatever. Like, it, it'll be just funny if I win. So, of course, Ramondre Stevenson gets just enough points to get ahead. He gets, like, three points, leaves the game. And I'm like, cool. Dorch will, like, you know, I, I'm down, like, I think I was down, like, 2.8 or 2.7 at that point. I'm like, Dorch can do that. It's, like, early in the second quarter or whatever. Dorch has got it. Doesn't play. Didn't play like at all. I figured that. I know it's. I know it's Even Greg Dorch. Anderson getting snaps over him. Who I know, is that? I know. I know. I know. I know it's Greg Dorch. I'm not saying he's good, but like in all the games this year, when Rondale Moore has been out, 
Dorch has been solid. He's put up like over 10 points each one of these games. But instead, they're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to put this washed up AJ Green, a crazy ass Robbie Anderson on the field, and then put Hollywood Brown in the slot. And also throw it to Trey McBride, who's terrible. And uh, <laughs> so on the reverse side of that, in the other league, same situation, both 10 free playing for a bye. I'm down about third. I got James Conner and Ramondre Stevenson. And both get hurt at periods in the game. Thank God Conner came back. And Conner did really well. Obviously, Ramondre did not. And I ended up losing by like 1.9 because James Conner did so well. And so Ramondre Stevenson just came in, got just enough to beat me in one league, then fucked off to make me lose the other league. It was just doomsday scenario. And I ended up not getting buys in, uh, in both leagues. So I will be a busy man this weekend. I have terrible matchups in my dynasty league and, uh, yeah, that's my worst beat of the year. Um, that, that's it. And it happened yesterday. So I'm still bitter. You get it all out. Uh, guys. Get it all out. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Take a deep breath. Deep breath. Guys, we can do it. You can keep going if you want. You can keep going. I know you got some um, more in there. The last thing I have to say is that it sucks that Ramondre got hurt. Um, yes, do, do we know what his injury is? Because I really need him in one of my playoffs. I know. I need him too, honestly. Oh, no. I really hope he plays. He came, He actually did come back for like one snap, caught a ball for like negative five yards, then left the game. Uh, so, <laughs> okay, at least he's back out there. So Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully it's not that bad. That, that definitely leads me to believe it's not the worst injury at least. Okay. Well, amazing um, run, kind of. Yeah, he can. He can at least stand on his feet. Yeah. Right. Um, Jared, my my Jared worst bad beat. Yeah, Ooh. my worst bad Ooh. beat is uh, nowhere because I made all the playoffs except in the one the, my two dynasty leagues where I got the one hundred one. Uh, I'm happy to lose in those leagues. In the other ones, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I lost here or there. You by don't a have any. Uh, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I lost by one or two here or there. But what's it matter at this point? Your boy's in the playoffs. Ain't no worries for me. It's just time to get dubs. Maybe I'll have some bad beats in the playoffs, but yeah, that's we're just here for the dubs, man. We're just here. You don't even have them yet. So. Not yet. Hey, hey, I lost a couple by a couple, but hey, ain't no worries on this side yet. We're just here okay. to win some playoff games. Okay, okay. Well, best of luck. I, I do love Dynasty, though, because you can make an excuse for being so bad at the yeah. time you're successful that you get 101. I yep, love that. I'll take I love it. That. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, Josh, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'm only telling this story because um, on Monday I secured my ultimate comeback. But honestly, like this, this story all started back in week five. I was 0-4 um, going into week five. And going into the Monday night football game between the Raiders and the Chiefs, I was up by 30.2 points. So – I'm like, okay, like I'm feeling pretty good. I'm about to get my first win on the season. I have a good team. Um, I have my boy, Justin Jefferson. He just scored 38 points this week. So like, I'm feeling good. He only has Josh Jacobs left. I was like, okay, Josh Jacobs scored 34 points the week before. I don't expect him to score 30 points back-to-back weeks. 
and just like slowly but surely, Josh Jacobs just keeps scoring and scoring and scoring. I'm like, oh no, this isn't good. I'm getting super stressed out. So like I start playing some Apex just to kind of distract myself because if I was watching the game, I would be screaming at the TV. That's and a classic move. I do that all Brindy's the time. Brindy's trying to sleep. <laughs> so like I can't be yelling at the top of my lungs. So like I'm like trying to keep it cool over here. Josh Jacobs ends up finishing the game with 30.3 points. I lose by 0.1. I lost 148.8 to 148.18, leading me to an 0-5 start to my fantasy season. As soon as I lost that game, I texted Vegan, um, one of my good friends and the person who just beat me uh, by 0.1. I texted him, you got this win, but I'm running the table and I'm going to make the playoffs and I'm going to see you again. And he goes, bet, good luck. The past nine weeks, I have gone off the season seven and two. I finished the season seven and seven and squeaked in in the sixth seed. So I made the playoffs. And lo and behold, if, as long as I get through this week, I will be facing Vegan again in the semifinals. The man has lost Cooper Cup. Um, he has Lamar at quarterback, so he's got some injuries. Um, so I'm hoping that this time around, Josh Jacobs will not put up another 30-burger on me. Um, but if he does, I at least I got Justin Jefferson. My man's going to put put down this historic playoff stretch. So I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm feeling good. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for, for the playoffs in that league. Here we That's go. It's time. Story. It's time. Time for We're us here. here. I wish I was in the room for that halftime speech. It's been really <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, so this is this is my home league, which we've been doing for the last 10 years. Um, and we've never had a Sacco. Um, we've had Sacco's here and there, but like, we've never kept up like a consistent tradition. Like in high school, like naive lost our league. So he like brought a watermelon into school. Um, and he had to carry it around all day. And then he threw it in the middle. Have you guys ever done ignorance circles? Whoa. Okay. Ignorance circles in high school, we would all gather around a trash can. Someone would throw a water bottle in the middle and everyone would scream and back up and, uh, pretend it's like a fight or something. And all like the administrators would come out and like be super worried because they think like a fight's going on in like the middle of the hallway. Um, I don't These know. Guys. It's just some dumb things that, that we did that was in high school. Um, Naive just chucks the watermelon in the middle of the ignorance circle. We told him to do that as a sack of punishment. But other than that, we haven't really had a consistent thing. Um, and so this year, uh, Kelvin put all of his eggs in the Denver Broncos basket in his uh, fantasy draft. He drafted Russ, drafted Javante, Jerry oh, no. Judy, drafted oh, the no. entire Denver Broncos squad. And, was, and at the draft, he was like, um, if the Broncos succeed, I'm gonna win this league. He has won the Sacco. <laughs> he hasn't won shit. He's won the Sacco. He's one in twelve, one in thirteen. So really, oh really, God. really, really rough season. Um, the next, Whoa. the second, the last team is like six and eight, and he's one in thirteen. That's tough. That's tough. I, I yeah, that, that was that's oh, that's really it's a rough bad. One. Yeah, it's a rough one for sure. Um, but he's going to start our Sacco punishment. We're, we're, we're still coming up with it, but, um, basically what he said is we're all going to put a punishment that we think is like reasonable. Uh, and we're going to put it on a wheel and every single season, the Sacco is going to have to spin the wheel and do the, whatever punishment comes up. Um, so you put no one really bad one on there. Well, I mean, it, everybody's going to pick their own and like, you might get it one season. So you don't want to put anything too bad. Um, yeah, you gotta have confidence in yourself. 
Yeah, that, that that's true. <laughs> Put the worst possible thing on there. You're like, I'm never losing this league. Then you get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you do that. Uh, one more bad beat. Another playoff hopeful redraft team oh, that yeah, I had this yeah, week. My my team in our in our in the house league. I had Kyler Murray put point six up. Was projected nineteen. DeAndre Swift projected fifteen. Had seven. Latavius Murray projected eleven had six. T. Higgins fifteen point five had zero. Devontae Adams twenty point eight six projection ten points. George Kittle projected ten. Travis Homer down bad. Uh, projected eleven had five. Jeff Wilson a third injury in the game. Uh, projected eleven had two point six. Uh, Seahawks D. One point, projected nine. My best player on the week, Brett Maher, Cowboys kicker. 11 <laughs> points, over projected by two. Let's go. <laughs> Dog, I just, Brett Maher. Just like, I put up. Guys, I think that was the worst fantasy performance I've seen in like a fantasy playoff, like clinching match. From a serious <laughs> team, too. Yeah. From like, a team that like actually has good players. <laughs> like that was, I put up 50.5, 50.56. Missing my total projection by sixty one percent, and like, the, uh, uh, your opponent put up one hundred and seventy on your fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you lost by over a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Even when, when I saw Devonte Adams at ten on Thursday night, I was like, "Uh oh," <laughs> and then relying on him to get like forty. <laughs> but yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. But, nice. uh, That's a bad beat but, the opposite way. Like so so it's just funny. In the opposite direction, just yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. There's nothing you can say about that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our award show for today. Uh thank you everyone for checking in and listening. Hope you had a little bit of fun. Uh and let us know who you would have uh put in for the nominees instead of some guys that we listed. So uh let us know. Appreciate y'all. Good luck in the playoffs.